Welcome to Swift Unwrapped, a show about the Swift programming language and other Swift.org projects. My name is JP Smart. And I'm Jesse Squires. And today we want to talk about a uh, proposal, SE0198, uh, which is currently an active review. It's been authored by Connor Wakamo. Uh, apologies for mispronouncing that. <laughs> uh, and is being reviewed and kind of spearheaded on uh, the Swift side by Ben Cohen. Um, and so this is attempting to revamp the Playground Quick Look API. Yeah, so currently one slightly weird thing is that uh, these protocols for Playground Quick Look live in the standard library, which I didn't really, I guess I knew that, but I never really thought about it. So Jesse, what are the Playground Quick Look APIs? What is that useful for? And why is it a problem that it's in the Swift standard library? Yeah, so you have the Playground Quick Look enum, and then this custom Playground Quick Look, Quick Lookable <laughs> protocol, and uh, similar to in Cocoa, you actually have these quick look uh, uh, methods. There's some quick look protocol where in the debugger, you can get like that fancy preview. Uh, so if you have like a UI image, that like quick look preview will actually show you the image uh, in the debugger. Uh, so very similar to that. It allows you to have these custom uh, like representations in playgrounds. So when you click the... Uh, the little eye icon next to a type in that gutter or that sidebar, uh, you'll see like a visual representation of that type. It's often uh, pretty simple for basic types. So for numeric types or strings, you'll just see like the actual value of that. Uh, but things can be uh, more complex. If you have an image, like a UI image object in a playground, uh, that kind of, that little quick look button will um, actually display the image in line there. And so that's what these are used for. Uh, but the reason it's odd that they're in the standard library is because uh, they're not really useful uh, at all outside of the playground environment. Right, so it's odd to add that much baggage to the Swift standard library, which is used in everything that uh, has that the Swift compiler compiles um, when it's only useful in a very narrow set of cases. Right. Uh, and uh, as mentioned in the proposal, there's this playground support project on uh, GitHub. Um under the Apple organization. And, you know, that includes uh, all of the different APIs and code that kind of makes Playgrounds work uh, with like the live views and all of that stuff. So like in your, um, in your Playground, you'll say like import Playground support. And then if it's like iOS, well, I guess Mac OS too, you can have like the live view and like set up a view controller and then have that show on the right-hand side. So all that stuff lives in that Playground support library. So part of this proposal is actually to move, uh, aside from changing the APIs, actually moving them into the Playground support module and outside of the 
standard lib, uh, which seems reasonable. I, I guess things were in the standard lib originally just for legacy reasons. Uh, not really sure. Well, originally, so it took a little while for this um, this additional uh, playground support Git repo to be posted. Uh, I think it wasn't until maybe Xcode seven, um, mm. uh, or, or sorry, it was probably a little later than that. Um, I remember there was a a period of time when you couldn't actually use any of the Swift snapshots from Swift.org in Xcode playgrounds. Uh, they needed to be signed and have additional uh, things from from Apple uh, for it to to be usable from an Xcode playground. Right, I vaguely remember that. And so, I think the quick look part of the APIs were part of the original open sourcing, but then the rest of the playground stuff wasn't. Um, so, and and I know that a lot of the code uh, that's currently in the Swift.org projects and in the open source projects had a major reshuffling around, like source Git got merged into the Apple slash Swift Git repo. Um, and there were a bunch of these like um, uh, little project, well, little, there were a bunch of these projects that were coalesced into mm-hmm. the main Swift repo. Uh, and so that might just be an accident of that, uh, of that reorg. Sure, sure. Yeah, so back to the, the API here. Um, the, in the current form, you have this custom playground quick lookable protocol. There's a computed property there, a custom playground quick look member, and it returns a uh, playground quick look object, which is this uh, this enum. And so it's a bit um, it's a bit awkward to use. So this enum kind of is a, a list of all the different types. So you have like uh, dot text and that has a uh, string uh, associated type and then int float etc uh, but then you get to like image bezier path uh, view and instead of accepting a UI image or UI view those types just accept in any and the reason that was done uh, was to not have this weird dependency on UI kit from the standard library, which is where these things currently live. So it'd just be very awkward. So you have a bunch of types in this enum where the that payload value is just in any type. So it's just, it's very awkward. I guess it's not very swifty and doesn't really follow uh, some of the naming conventions uh, that have evolved in Swift either. Uh, yeah, and um, that... Weird dependency that you're mentioning. Um, I think they refer to it as dependency inversion mm-hmm. here uh, in in the proposal, um, and that seems to be well. There's kind of a reference cycle there of dependencies where right. if the Swift standard library is trying to import UIKit, which also imports the Swift standard library, you get a mismatch there. Like that, uh, that won't compile. Um, yeah. So that's definitely another argument in favor of moving that out of the Swift standard library. For sure. And so the new API, it'd be a new protocol uh, called custom playground display convertible, which uh, is more consistent with the the revamped naming. We have like custom string convertible now. Um, there's that proposal a while back to rename all those protocols. Uh, and 
now you just return a playground description, uh, which is an any type. So it's, you know, kind of erases the type information in a more convenient way. And so if you just have a, a string type, for example, you just return that string, but you can return anything from this because it's an any. Uh, well, you, you can return anything from this, but only a uh, finite set of types are actually supported by the Playground Logger framework. Right. So if you return a type that you've defined that also that doesn't conform to this custom Playground Display convertible, uh, then I don't think you'll get an issue. You definitely won't get an issue at compile time, and you might also not get an error at runtime. You'll probably just get nothing useful out of the logger. Right, right. Uh, and maybe if you, I don't know how this would manifest in the actual playground. Maybe you just wouldn't see anything displayed for this this custom type. But yeah, so you know, all the the standard types are supported, and then you have UI image and UI view and uh, CG point these other things. Um, so again, similar to the existing Cocoa APIs for Quick Look in the in LLDB. Um, so I'm a little curious to see how this um, plays with the existing uh, Xcode debugger Quick Look integration, where um, you can return a debug Quick Look object from your types, and LDB will hook into that and say you want to return, like you want to display an image for your custom type. Then you can you, you can return that. <clears throat> now, I don't think this. Um, this is coordinated at all with the Playground Quick Look API. I think they're entirely separate things, but I'm wondering if they really should be. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, I guess this this other API is part of Foundation. Is that right? Or where does uh, that live? I think so. Yeah. I, it must live in Foundation. Um, well, it, actually, it seems like it's uh, a very special special instance variable where it would only really be used by LDB by checking with the Objective-C runtime if um, if, a, if a type implements this debug quick look object method, mm -hmm. this getter, um, that just returns an ID, so the Objective-C equivalent of an any. Um, so it might not even live in foundation at all. It might just be like a special LDB huh. thing that it checks to see if this is implemented, and if so, it'll use it. Right, right. So I don't see why it would need to be defined anywhere else other than on all the types that need to provide something like this. But what I'm getting to here is that <clears throat> what if you've already implemented um, this uh, quick look, uh, debug quick look object method? Mm -hmm. uh, would this new... Um, protocol be able to leverage that uh, if you haven't actually implemented it for your Swift type. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you mark this at, as adopt C, uh, you should be able to use this um, this kind of legacy debug quick look object method um, even in entirely pure Swift code bases mm -hmm. or with entirely pure Swift types. Yeah, as long as you're as long as you have a class. Right. And it can be represented by the Objective-C runtime. Um, so that's that's one angle. And then the other angle is, well, this functionality for Quick Look for custom types in the Xcode debugger is demonstrates that Quick Look is useful beyond just playgrounds. And so um, 
it's a little unfortunate that you'd need to import playground support in order to add quick look support to your custom types, which then means that if you're debugging your iOS app, for example, your, your Mac app, mm-hmm. that uh, in the Xcode debugger, you can't leverage the quick look description that you have in there, whether it's an image or uh, any sort of rich representation or depiction of that type. Mm-hmm. Um, so that seems just a little unfortunate. It doesn't seem too hard to work around because you have this debug quick look object method, which you can mark it as at obshi, but then that wouldn't work for structs. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little unfortunate. And since the, the review is currently uh, underway, um, I think I'll just comment in the review thread, just kind of bring that up. Yeah. Um, there might be some very good reasons why this hasn't been considered, or it might've just been uh, it, uh, not, no one thought about this. It's quite possible because I don't think that it's super popular to implement this quick look for custom types in the Xcode debugger. Right. Um, but it seems like it's very closely related and should at least be part of the discussion. Yeah, I agree. Seems like there's something to kind of reconcile there between these two protocols and where they should live and all of that. At the very least, maybe bring this up would um, kind of make the relevant Xcode or developer tools teams at Apple at least uh, know that this is happening and, and bring it up to the conversation if it hasn't already been done. Sure. Yeah, and the uh, I guess the final piece of this is uh, the, the source compatibility and ABI stability implications. So obviously this, this affects the API because it modif- the it affects ABI because it modifies the standard lib. Um, and because it's changing public API, it's going to be source breaking. Uh, but again, only in this playground context, uh, which is probably not a huge impact on most users. Yeah, well, most playgrounds are used not so much for kind of production deployment of code, hopefully, um, and more <laughs> yeah. for educational purposes. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, this won't break... Uh, like very business critical apps that people have on the app store. So in that sense, it's um, it's not as uh, critical of a source breaking change, but it does still introduce churn. Uh, and so the strategy that they're that they're suggesting here is to have a shim layer so that the deprecated APIs are still available, um, but with deprecation warnings in Swift 4.1. And uh, then for Swift 5, it would be entirely um replaced. Yeah. Uh, on the uh, forum thread, uh, Erica Sadoon had some really good comments there. She She's in favor of the change. She, she says she's looking forward to the end result, but she's uh, pretty disappointed in the churn in which, you know, this had been done a year ago, uh, which I assume she means during like the Swift 3 uh, change everything era. Um so, yeah, that makes sense. It, it seems like, you know, I, I think Erica has a lot of playgrounds that she uh, maintains. Uh, I think she's pretty sure she has a book about playgrounds. She's uh, definitely a playground expert yeah. as far as they come. Yeah, and uh, so her opinion is super valuable here. Um, but it sounds like, uh, yeah, she says, I'll survive uh, these changes. Um so hopefully this will be a, a positive thing. Well, not only that, she seems to 
like the outcome, but yes, um, exactly. So I would suggest like anyone with a lot of playgrounds to not necessarily uh, start updating all of them right away and just wait for the dust to settle on this. Um, and hopefully it wouldn't be too complex to, uh, to port that code over. So as a side note, um, one thing that I really enjoyed about uh, the proposal is in the source compatibility section, um, there was a bit of research that was done in order to assess kind of the uh, impact or how, how, how much code would actually be impacted in practice. And so um, I believe Connor, I, I believe it's the author, if not um, my apologies, but uh, someone definitely did some research using GitHub code search uh, to just search for the strings, uh, playground quick look, custom playground quick lookable, uh, and then the underscored protocol default custom play, playground quick lookable. Uh, these are really a mouthful. <laughs> um, yeah. And it turns out that there's really only um, a, a very small number of these types that are uh, that are defined, uh, just 900, fewer than 900 references to custom playground quick lookable. Um, and so l- apparently lots of those are even just forks of the Swift repo itself uh, or were done using code that hasn't even been updated for Swift 4. And so that 900 number might sound like a lot, but there's a lot of duplicates in there, a lot of forks from code that people haven't actually written themselves. They're just forks from Swift. And uh, as a point of comparison, the author goes on to say that uh, there's uh, several hundreds of thousands of references to things like custom string convertible. Um, So uh, just from the same type of search on GitHub. So 185,000 references to that, 104,000 references to custom debug string convertible. Uh, And so clearly this is used in a very, very small fraction of Swift code base out there. And I just thought it was nice to use um, kind of existing uh, repositories of code in order to get just a rough order of magnitude impact of uh, how much code would be affected. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, there's obviously way more code that is private (laughs) that's not on GitHub, but this seems like a decent uh, kind of gauge to see where things are at. Um, and it's, it's actually really cool. Like, I hope this is used more in the future, actually, to kind of feel things out, uh, for these different proposals. Um, it seems like just a super valuable resource to just search GitHub, uh, and maybe even other, uh, similar services like Bitbucket or whatever. Right. Um, it's definitely easier to do when you have like a very, uh, distinctive string that, um, probably matches one-to-one with the number of uses out there. Mm-hmm. But if, say, like you're making a syntax change uh, that would um, that would impact, like, uh, you know, that doesn't tie directly to a single string that uniquely matches with all the uses, it's a lot harder to do. Not impossible. You could use regular expressions. You could use uh, SourceKit to actually pull down like (laughs) hundreds or thousands of repos in the open source world and try to assess how many of those actually match uh, whatever criteria or predicate that you think would be affected. Right. Um, It's definitely a little more involved than just typing a string in github.com search. (laughs) Right. Uh, But it's definitely still a valuable resource and can still be used. Cool. Well, I think that's all we have for this episode. 
Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Swift underscore Unwrapped, and you can find me at Jesse underscore Squires. You can find me on Twitter at SimJP. Uh, thanks for listening. You can join the conversation at Spectrum.chat. And as always, if you, enjoy, if you enjoy the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.